and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binaries of all ages, welcome to How to Create a Literal Cat in Your Favorite RPG. If you're here to learn character creation, you're in the wrong place because we are doing cat creation. I am one of your co-hosts, Joel. And I am your other co-host, Austin. Hello, Austin. So nice to, to so nice to have you with us today. Hey, I thought you were going to say it's nice to meet me. I, I was going to be for a ride there. <laughs> you know, I almost did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I realized that would be incorrect. You know, actually incorrect. I feel like I've met you before somewhere. <laughs> Just can't believe yeah, you were on it. Uh, it was in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. We, neither of us lived in Michigan, which was the funny thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, funny how things work out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, we're here to create cats, or a cat specifically. One per episode. Yep. No bonuses. Yep. Usually. Usually. Probably never. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I want to apologize in advance to you, Austin, because, and also the listener, because someone is apparently mowing today, uh. and I don't. I uh I can hear it and I it looks like my recording software hears it and so it it's uh it could be interesting if uh if I am talking when they are within proximity of the the recording room I use because then I'm afraid you all will hear it when you hear me so far I have not heard it in our call but that's also discord filters out literally everything Mm-hmm. Discord has an outstanding uh, background filter that OBS d- does not. Yeah, no. <laughs> also, I am using OBS because I've not found a better solution yet. Hey, I do not trust Audacity. <laughs> Same here, my man. Anyone out? Th- anyone out there know how to record podcast audio on with two separate audio recording people and uh, get like the audio to remain in sync because audacity is not good at that in my experience. Oh no. Uh, but up, anyway, hit us up on Twitter. If you know, give us the tips. Yeah. The hot at takes. literal cat pod <laughs> shouting ourselves out here at the very beginning before we've even told people what game we're looking at today. I know. Right. We haven't even told people the rules yet either. Yelling out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess let's, uh, let's take care of things in that order. So first off, we're playing Edge of the Empire, which honestly, now that I think about it, I probably put that in the title. So if you read the title, uh, you already know what the game is. But if you didn't read the title and this just automatically got added to your playlist because you have a cool podcast listener that does that for you, this is the Edge of the Empire episode. Also, we have rules. We do have rules. So <laughs> let's let's go ahead and talk about about those rules. First and foremost, most importantly, we accept no cop-outs. We are playing as a cat that is the exact animal that comes to mind when I say the word. Not some anthropomorphic race, not a person turned into a cat, not a lion, tiger, or whatever Star Wars like equivalent of a lion is. It's not, it's not those things. It's a cat, like the house cat that is sitting in your room on your keyboard right now. Mm-hmm. Number two, home rule isn't real. Doesn't exist. Never heard of it. Uh, if the rules do not explicitly allow it to happen, it counts as a rule broken. If we come across rules as written versus rules as intended, we go with whichever one says no. <laughs> yes, and rule three, if the game includes stats for a literal cat, 
those must be used or adapted to the game's character sheet. If we, if like, if we're playing a D20 game, we might also just like rip the one out of the D&D compendium, but usually these games just don't come with that. <laughs> yeah. Most of them don't have that, uh, just kind of there in your, uh, rule book. Yeah. They don't expect you to fight a cat for some reason. Don't, don't throw hands with the cat guy. Uh, rule number four, the character class or background or playbook or job, whatever, has to exist in the game's core rules or as a part of an official expansion. Can't use homebrew classes yet again. They don't exist. Exactly. Rule five, the cat can learn any skill available to its class. So like just an example of this, we once had a cat that could seal away people's superpowers because it worked for an organization that trained people on how to do that. That's right. It was a well-trained cat. Yep. Um, he also had a cat army, as I recall, of alley cats, that's including sh- Randy the Rabbit. Randy the Rabbit. I miss that guy. <laughs> uh, Great character. We should bring him back on an episode. Yeah, we should ju- just, like, uh, I don't know, some other vaguely similar game just <laughs> turn him into the main character. Yeah, this is this is our spinoff episode. Um, the Randy the Rabbit spinoff. <laughs> All right. Uh, rule six. If a tool would be physically impossible for a literal cat to use, uh, even if comically downsized for them, they can't use it. No guns, no wrenches, uh, no forks, nothing, nothing of that nature. Anything that has to do with opposable thumbs. Then again, if you made a gun for a cat, then I guess the cat could use it. Like, uh, if you were to, in a hypothetical scenario, put a drone in a backpack on a cat and give the the drone a gun, this is totally not a reference to anything. No no video games have come out Mm -hmm. since the recording of this episode uh, that would have had anything like that. Yeah, no cats with drones running around uh, post-apocalyptic... I mean, um, you know. (laughs) Yeah. No idea what you're talking about. Uh, all right, let's not stray away from uh, what we're doing here. What's <laughs> rule number seven? <laughs> uh, yeah, we we have to keep track of every rule we break. Also, uh, just on that note, if y'all are wondering why we've never mentioned stray leading up to this point, it's because this is this is how you know how big our backlog. Is. Yeah, how big our backlog is because this is probably going to come out in what September. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe even later, and, uh, yeah. (laughs) It's topical now for us, because the game just came out, but you guys listening to this two, three months later are going to be like, alright, cool, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sick five-month-old reference. (laughs) Uh, This is your reminder to replay Stray, get all the achievements. Oh god, I haven't even, I haven't even got it yet. I really need to. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I can't. I was watching a video on like the intro the other day, and my cat was just freaking out because all he heard was the other cats meowing <laughs> on the screen. Yeah, there's there's a Twitch uh, Twitch Twitter account that just like kept track of people posting pictures of their cats watching them play stray. It was the best. Oh, that's great. Anyway. So yeah, we have to keep track of every rule we break. I'm pretty sure I already said that. Mm-hmm. But but anyway, it's it's an important rule because we've sometimes forgotten to do that. Yeah, that's true. You know, Oops. only only really in the earlier episodes. 
I think we've been good yeah, about it we, the last couple. We've gotten better. You know, always room for improvement, though. That's what I always say. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw out there. I, I read ahead in the character creation book a little bit. And uh, so I checked on all the playable species that we had in this rule book. Mm-hmm. Cat was not one of them. Mm. Classic. Nobody wants you to play as a cat. Also, uh, we are... I, I think we should also throw on there, it's not just there's no cat race in the character rules. I'm pretty sure there's no cat race in the setting. Uh, has Star Wars ever had a cat on screen? <laughs> I think they've had, like, big old lion-type creatures, and I think there have been uh, anthropomorphized, like, cat people. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think... I don't think there's actual literal cats in Star Wars. Oh, there sure is not. Also, don't Google Star Wars cat because the thing that they have listed here as a cat in Star Wars, I I I can't. Do you have this on screen? I do have this on screen. <laughs> this is from oh I don't even know what this is from. Like it, it looks like a PS3 era Star Wars game if that I mean, it could... Uh, I'm looking at the same thing you're looking at now. That could easily be from the Clone Wars or from... Mm. uh, What was the other TV show? Oh, here it is. Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Apparently, this same cat creature was also shown in The Mandalorian. Looks even uglier. It does look even uglier. <laughs> I think that one was made for a 3D animated show and not a not a 3D realist. Yeah, anyway, so we're not doing that because that's not a literal cat. No, that's a space cat. We're doing a cat. Yeah. So anyway, character creation, I believe, starts on page 33, and the official thing starts on page 34. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, I just want to go over real quick. This is This is a Fantasy Flight role-playing game. And Fantasy Flight, if you don't know, is a war game producer. They make war games. They have several officially licensed Star Wars war games on top of, like, the role-playing game series that they have. Which, by the way, has two other entries aside from Edge of the Empire. And all of their war games, Star Wars and otherwise, use special dice. And so there are some some uh, special dice that are... That I'm I'm just going to go over real quick, because the book is going to talk about them. It's either just going to show, like, a black square to represent the negative die, or the setback die, or a green diamond to represent the ability die. I just want to go through real quick, so that when you all hear us say things like, the boost die, that we're all on the same page at what we're looking at. The positive dice, first off. First, we've got the boost dice which are uh, six-sided dice that have two symbols on them. We've got success, which looks like a little uh, explosion icon. We've got the advantage uh, icon, which looks like two wings with a little, like, dot in them. I think that's the symbol for something. I don't remember what. It's been a long time. Then we've got uh, triumph, and triumph just looks like a big old a uh, beacon of light shooting into the sky, kind of like uh, on the original Star Wars A New Hope poster, how Luke has the is holding the lightsaber up and it's got the the uh, the lens flare coming off it. I'm pretty sure that's what this is inspired by. 
I believe so. It looks very similar to that. Yeah. Anyway, real cool. And so uh so then we have the negative results. We have failure, which is like an upside down uh triangle with not all that triangly sides. They're not straight sides, they curve inward. Then you got the uh the despair, which is an actual triangle inside of a circle. And then you and then you've got threat, which is not as bad as despair. It looks like I'm pretty sure that's the Empire symbol. It's like a a hexagon with little trapezoid bars surrounding it. Huh. Is that the Empire symbol? I don't know. I don't know, man. Been it's a been a minute. while. Yeah. Anyway, so those those icons are things that we will reference from time to time. But anyway, so the boost dice, back on track, are six-sided dice. They offer a lot of advantages, a couple additional, uh, what are they called, success points, but mostly advantage points. They're basically just a little thing that gets thrown on that helps you out a bit. Successes count as, like, hits in your standard dice pool game. Advantages are things that get added on top of that. So, like, if you have a positive advantage thing, then something good happens even if you fail the roll. And the same thing with, like, what's the the uh, opposite side? You've got threats. If you end up with a positive threat count, then even if you get enough successes to pass your, your check, something bad will happen. And then uh, triumph and despair are critical hit or failure. You get one of those, you basically automatically succeed with advantage or fail with disadvantage. Not a great thing to land on. Yeah, no. Doesn't sound like it. But anyway, so yeah, the boost die mostly gives you advantages, but there are a couple opportunities for success points on there. The ability dice are basically your standard die. Most of your character stuff is going to, to come in the form of ability dice. And they have hit and advantage points on them. Proficiency dice are advanced ability dice. Uh, I guess I should also say, the boost dice are not typically things that'll come on your character sheet. Those are bonuses that the game master will give you. Yeah. Uh, but the proficiency dice are things that your character is like real good at. So like you get a proficiency die. That's where your uh, critical success odds are. There's one icon for a critical success on the proficiency die uh, and no icon for that on literally any other die. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Then we got, the setback die, which is basically a black six-sided die. I should also list the colors for the others. Uh, mm -hmm. Abilities are green. Proficiencies are yellow. So you got green diamond for ability, uh, yellow hexagon for proficiency. Uh, setback dice, represented by a black square, are a six-sided opposing version of the boost die. Basically, a couple uh, opportunities for, for misses and a couple opportunities for threats. Then you got the difficulty dice, which uh, are most often from what I've I've uh, GM'd a game of this from the starter kit once in the past. The difficulty and challenge dice, represented by a purple diamond and a red hexagon, most often represent your enemy's skill. So just like you have your abilities and proficiencies your enemies will provide difficulties and challenges. Then we have the force dice. The force is abstracted using a white 12-sided die. So like all the other hexagon-sided 
die. They're 12-sided. The diamond ones, I'm sure you've guessed this, 8-sided. But the force die represents the power and pervasiveness of the force. In Force and Destiny, this actually represents your super force powers. In this game, it represents fate. So if you've played a game that has luck points, like Monster of the Week, basically you roll the force die to determine your pool of fate points. And the players can use fate points to uh, to turn situations to their advantage if they represent the light side of the force. The game master can use fate points to turn things against the players if they represent the dark side. So when you use a light side fate point, you flip it over, it becomes a dark side fate point, which basically just keeps this back and forth. Whenever the game master turns the uh, situation against you, you have an opportunity later to turn it against the game master and vice versa. It's a pretty cool system. Then finally, we have two 10-sided dice, which are made to represent values between 1 and 100, or 0 and 100. Ah, uh, similar to percent die in D&D. Yeah, exactly. Nice. That's usually what it's for, is either rolling on tables or calculating percentages. So if you've got, like, an actual D100 that has 10, 90, 50, 30, etc. on it, and then the, the double zero... If you get the double zero on the the uh, D100 and the, the zero on the D10, then basically you've rolled a 100. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that's that's kind of the dice as we know them. There's a, there's a table that'll help you if you don't have the special Fantasy Flight branded Star Wars dice that'll help you use regular dice to play the game, but... There's also an app that costs two bucks that you can download on your phone that will let you roll an infinite number of these dice. I recommend getting it if you're actually going to play this game. I said it would be worth it in the long run. Yeah, especially late game. Like, there were situations where my players almost exceeded the number of of dice I had, and I had a pack that I bought and the ones that came with the starter kit, because I didn't realize the starter kit was going to come with some. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought the starter kit and an extra pack of dice. Extra pack was unnecessary, apparently. But my players, with the default character sheets, could often exceed the amount of dice I had available. So I da- so I bought and downloaded the app mid-game so that I could roll for when sin- when the situation called for it. Gosh, that's... I mean, it's better than rolling, like, the same die, like, five separate times. <laughs> Yeah, that would get annoying. Oh, trust me, I, I had to do that back in my early days of D&D, because, mm-hmm. like, almost nobody had dice. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, and let now me... I just, like, whenever I go to a convention, which has not been since 2019... Uh... <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah, I miss conventions. I don't know if I'll ever feel comfortable going back to them, considering how the last few years have gone. Yeah. But man, they were fun. <laughs> Good times before... Yeah. Also, this is not going to be a topical conversation by the time this episode comes out, because it'll be in the fall and convention season will be over. Oh, yeah. You know. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) All right. Well, Uh, all these non-topical topical conversations. Gotta love them. But anyway, so (laughs) uh, Edge of the Empire encourages us to come up with a character concept. In fact, they ask us to do it three times at the start of the character creation chapter. They ask us to do it in the preface, and then it's literally the first thing it says here. 
uh, character concept. Before a player starts generating attributes, he should put some thought into what sort of characters he wants to play. Does he want to play a roguish pilot, quick to draw his blaster when things get sticky? A taciturn explorer driven to see everything in the galaxy has to offer? And Edge of the Empire, any character concept found within Star Wars is possible. So a cat. And then, yeah, the cat, I think we're going to be breaking a third rule, which is doesn't fit the character concepts. That we, no, <laughs> uh, I think we can make a cat character fit the concepts. It's just going to, it's not going to be one of the approved races. But anyway, so then generation steps. So after we get the... uh the whole thing about make a, a character concept before you get started. Step one is make a character concept in background. <laughs> it's always my step one. So I think we should, I think we should take some time and think about what kind of character we want to make. The thing that we usually do at the end. Hmm. Let's see. I think this, this cat is going to be exploring the, the galaxy essentially. Yep. So that, that's about right. I should also clarify, this is basically the Empire between the events of, what is it, Star Wars Rebels and Empire Strikes Back. Like, it sits in that kind of time period where the Empire has an iron grip on the galaxy. Gotcha. I'm, uh, I, I haven't been caught up on my Star Wars lore in a hot minute, but, you know, I'm working Same. through it. <laughs> like, that's kind of the political climate that we got going on here. And also, we don't care about the political climate because we are existing on the fringes of the galaxy. That's where the whole game takes place. Gotcha. It might behoove us, I think, because we, we've got, like, character backgrounds that they want us to kind of go off here. If you uh, if you scroll down just a little bit. I see. To page, what is it, 36. I Again, I read ahead a little bit, and I got to this point. There's one that I think will fit, but I'm going to just run through all of them real quick. Okay. The down and out, the player may decide that the character comes from a humble or hard scrabble beginnings. Basically like your street urchin kind of guy. Uh, you've done too many street cats, I feel like. We've done we've done two. We've tried to avoid making every cat a street cat, because it just seems too easy. Yeah. We have middle class struggles. Uh, we've made a middle class cat once. True, true. We've not done a high and mighty cat. That could be fun. That could give us a reason to be out and about around the galaxy. It could be. But I really think that the thing that will fit us best is the outsider. A character from this background came from a society outside the galactic norm. This includes isolated planetary systems yet not yet marked on the maps, prison colonies, or even the rare case of a character growing up in solitude. The character is probably ill-informed or completely unaware of politics, customs, and even technology of the rest of the galaxy. Ah, huh. I, I like that. That's like, that's almost perfect for what we're going for. Exactly. Okay. So do we want to use that then? I, I want to use that. All right. <laughs> You're the one who has control of the character sheet. If there's one you like better. Oh no, I, I think that fits perfectly. Oh. All right. Is there a spot for that on our character obligations, character description, critical inner injuries? Um, I don't think there is a spot of background. Oh, that's odd. I'm pretty sure there's supposed to be. You know what? I am going to uh, double check something because I think the, the uh, character sheet that I gave you was a community resource, not like made by Fantasy Flight. Uh -huh. I've got the actual 
uh, character sheet here in the back of the book. I am going to look at that one and see if there is something different about it. Where's my Where's my uh, screen share window? There it is. Second, let me just pop this out here. Take a look. It no, it looks like these are the same, except they took out the uh, the background on the community one to make it more printer friendly. Hmm. Like other than that, they're kind of the same. Interesting. We might have to throw it down in like a notes the notes. Section. Yeah, there's an equipment log. I'm just gonna throw it here real quick. I wonder if it's if that's what motivations is supposed to be, because the rest of the uh, motivation section is stuff that I am familiar with, like the obligations. Mm. But I I could be wrong about that. Uh, I think for now, let's just let's just make a note of it where you can, and then we'll we'll come back to that. I've I've got it currently sitting in the equipment. We'll we'll figure it. So anyway, entering life as a miscreant. Once a player determines his character's former background, he should then consider what caused him to enter into the nebulous and dangerous world of Edge of the Empire. Probably the Empire. Uh, was it because of, a, because of a single traumatic advance? Was the character put into an untenable situation from which he had to flee? Figuring out the last straw that pushed the character into a life on the fringe is an excellent source of inspiration for both the player and the game master. Presented here are several hooks that, that describe the ways in which a character moves from his former life into one of adventure and danger. So we have Opportunity and Nox. They learn about something. There's a, basically a way they can improve their situation that they learn about, probably by turning to a life of crime. There's a higher calling. If you've got a character who's got, like, religious motivations or a code of honor, this might be the way to go here. Uh, we've got enemies and antagonists. Simply put, the character rubbed someone the wrong way and found himself fleeing his former life. A failure of character. Some inherent flaw in the character causes him to leave behind the life he knew for the unknown. Or wrong place, wrong time. This character finds himself embroiled in a life of adventure through no fault of his own. He could have been captured by pirates, the sole survivor of a deadly plague, or even something as mundane as being unemployed and forced to find some new way to bring in the credits. Hmm. Considering that we're a cat, a relatively small creature, I think we just wandered onto a ship one day. I was thinking so, the exact same thing. <laughs> so wrong place, wrong time. Fits. <laughs> kind of seems, yeah. Yeah. So we're just, uh, we're traveling, we're, you know, on a on a planet in the fringe... We see a ship that lands, probably some pirates trying to figure out what's going on on this planet, and Curiosity takes the cat into outer space. <laughs> you know what they say? Yep, yep. that's exactly how the saying goes. <laughs> so, uh, and see, this is why I think that's like our the motivation section of the character class, because the next step is obligations. Uh, it's like, I'm not 100% sure about that. But I think that's what it's supposed to be. Oh, cool. It's one of those fillable forms. Yeah, it sure is one of those <laughs> fillable forms. In, in case you uh, don't know, notice, the type thing kind of uh, trails off. Yeah, just uh, disappears into the aether. They do be like that sometimes. Oh, well. Uh, you know, if they download the PDF, they'll be able to scroll through. Yeah. It's not printer-friendly, but it is readable. It do be readable. All right, yeah. anyway, so moving on to obligations. 
Uh, Now, we've got a nice little uh, set of tables here, and I've got the dice for this one. So I will be rolling the my D100 set for you, uh, and we will come up with an obligation. Really hoping I don't roll high, because if I roll too high, then we have two obligations to start the game. (laughs) Yeah. All right, I rolled a 49, sorry. Okay. Uh, That is... Duty bound. Let's see, PC has a deep sense of duty that he feels compelled to fulfill, such as military service, making good on a contract, or following some sort of thieves' code. Unlike the oath obligation, see below, a duty bound character has some legal or ritualistic bind to an organization or or cause, uh, or cause making it extremely difficult to or detrimental if he fails to live up to that. Hmm. Mm. I think we could. I think we could pull this off. I, th- uh, I think at at least at first it could be that like so long as the cat finds a way to make itself useful, like so long as they believe he's a good luck charm or something, then they don't throw him off. I can't believe the amount of unluck we're having. I don't know if it could be heard anywhere, but my neighbor just started mowing. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Who picked the wrong day to record? <laughs> It happens sometimes. That's fine. This cat is duty bound. What is this cat's duty? I don't know. I, I really, I really think that the the only way we could pull this off is like the cat doesn't really have any like sense of of morality in the in the way that we know it. It just like knows its obligation to its pack, right? Yeah. Hmm. But that's not really a like a legal duty or like a bound by some oath kind of duty it's just let's see you know <laughs> yeah it's just kind of like oh i'm hanging out with my friends well you know a little more than yeah but i do think that like that like if the cat has any understanding of its companion's words then it could be like a thing where like it believes that if it doesn't uh find ways to turn things in their favor they will leave it behind or, like, throw it out, and then it'll just be lost in a new environment yet again. Ah. Uh, so so his duty is, is like, to its crew. Gotcha. Is is he, is he duty-bound out of fear, it sounds like? I think so, yeah. All right. Because, like, he doesn't know how to get home. He can't communicate where his home is. True. So, like, we need to then determine the size of the obligation, which is based on how many other players are in the party. And a safe assumption for this, since we don't actually know, is that, like, your average table is three to four players, right? So I think it would Mm -hmm. be safe to say there are four four players in the party, which means... You're at ten. Yep. Is that our magnitude, I'm assuming? I think so. Like, the idea is that the entire group has a total obligation of 60 points, if you keep reading on the player starting obligation values. Yeah. You're allowed to get more obligation per like per character if you uh, if you want to, but if you exceed uh, sixty points of obligation, then you're kind of screwed early game because the game master rolls to uh, see what happens regarding everyone's obligations at the beginning of a session. Oh. Yep, it's like you owe someone a huge debt. And uh, the GM uh, rolls the way they roll, then uh, someone might come to collect on that. Yep. Know what you're facing that session. Yep. 
Just like in, uh, what was the game? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, where the player character gets kidnapped and forced into an arena because the pilot owed someone money. Just your standard Wednesday. Yep. Um, okay. So, uh, the next table that we're given is additional obligation. Do you want to, do you want to crank up the, uh, starting obligation so you can get some more, uh, some more XP to start with? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Cause like, I'm not sure what XP will give us if we're just doing starting XP. I'm sure it would just give us, you know, a boost at the beginning, but probably wouldn't affect us too much late game. True. And I also think this is another game with a like a heavy point buy system, ah. uh, just like uh, just like the Dark Eye did. So if we give ourselves too much XP, we might be wasting a lot of time reading through the skills, just finding ways to spend it. Yeah, I think we're gonna nix that for this one. Yeah, that seems wise. Because yeah, we we spend a lot of time on the with the Dark Eye, but also. I don't think cats really need that many skills. Like the ones we've created, even with minimal skills, have been dope. So mm -hmm. let's let's not worry about additional obligation. I think he's our, our cat is obligated to an extent. Yep. Then there's a whole bunch of stuff explaining how to use obligation, which we don't care about because we're not actually going to play the game. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Never. Step three: uh, selecting a species. Oh boy. As, as we've established. We're breaking this rule. <laughs> yep, we gotta. Classic rule breakers, Austin and Joel. Species, yep. cat. That's it. Yep. So uh, we got uh, Bothans. We don't have to read through all this, I guess, since we're ignoring it. Um, but uh, it it might uh, it might behoove us to, to look at this a little bit, because mm -hmm. I'm sure that we will have to, uh, to base this on something. Yeah. I'm looking through trying to find um, just something that would work, kind of. Hmm. Okay. Uh, hmm. Okay. Bothans um, look kind of animalistic. What, what, yeah. What's your thought here? So I'm looking at the species abilities, and droids have the lowest starting species abilities. Hmm. They're right after Bothans. They've got, like, one in every stat. Oh, I see. Okay. I think that could be a good one to base off of. Um, now, there's a couple... We can't use the droid's uh, special abilities. Because uh, our cat is not inorganic, nor is it mechanical. True. It is just a cat. Mm-hmm. Let's look at... Uh, Bothans do not come with any, like, spe uh, special abilities. Uh, other than, like... So we could just, like do droids and then ignore the special abilities because it looks like there are other species that just straight up do not have them. True. I think that could work. Oh, that, yeah. I, I don't think we need to go all in with the special abilities. Yeah. But we can use the, the, uh, the wound threshold, uh, which is 10 plus brawn strain threshold, which is 10 plus willpower. And starting experience of 175 XP. That sounds like a lot of XP. Yeah. So all of our starting abilities are one. So mm -hmm. Build that in quick. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming no force yet. The force thing comes later. Okay. Wound threshold 10 plus. Also, one. I think that's a part of that community sheet because that's not on the, the basic character sheet as shown in the back of the book. Gotcha. 
Strain is 10 plus willpower. Uh, mm -hmm. Does not say our starting defense, so assuming that comes later. Uh, yes, we are. We're, we're not there yet. And yes, we have 175 starting experience. All right. Now, I think that means we can move on to step four. Uh, choosing a career and a specialization. At this stage, yeah, at this stage, the player chooses his character's career, which remains with the pe uh, player permanently, and a starting specialization, which may be only one of many the character undertakes over the course of his story. Both are critical choices as they establish the history and potential future of the character. It's a good idea for each player to look over all the options before deciding. The idea is not only to look at the immediate capabilities of a character, but to look forward to that character's growth potential. If a player imagines, oh, we don't really care about the the cat's growth potential. Again, we ourselves are not going to play this cat. Yeah. That's going to be on you, the listener, if you feel up to it. Yeah, you guys got to worry about this stuff. We're we're just making this thing. You guys are the ones fleshing mm -hmm. it out. <laughs> Does it actually, like, list? The, yes, it lists the jobs eventually. Finally, we've got uh, choosing a career. It's easy enough to look at the game information and select purely on the rules material, but players will discover a richer experience. They do so with two key questions in mind. Which role? Uh, should the character be a strong combatant? Should this character be able to handle a starship? Should this character be a face for the group? Should this character be the I-know-that-guy? Should this character be the sneaky rogue type? Should this character be the consummate support person? I feel like this character can't be the sp the face of the group because it will have several communication barriers. Yeah. It could be the sneaky rogue type if we want to go with the, like, they want to keep their crew safe, like, MO. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like a cat that sneaks around and makes things happen without being spotted. Yeah. Uh, like, they're, you know, they get cornered. Uh, between two groups and your cat jumps up and like knocks a pipe out and blows steam all over the end mm -hmm. for a quick getaway. Or just like uh, knocks a mug off the uh, the floor above and it falls on somebody's head. Yeah, classic. Yep. So, sneaky rogue type then? Yeah, let's go sneaky rogue type. Okay, so I think these are our wow, there are a lot of pages. It's been a while since I've looked at this book, but doesn't it like tell us yeah the entire uh talent tree of the yep, character yep that's some that's some building mm -hmm. and it gives us several options for the character's talent trees before we move on to that let's i i want to like just take a quick look at the choosing a specialization thing because oh, yeah, uh, yeah. that's also like the the specializations are tied to the job mm -hmm. but like Again, we'll eventually be able, we can expand beyond the one that we pick to start with. So, like, let's just, let's uh, glance through this real quick. How did the character get into this line of work? And what kind of work does the character typically do? I guess before we uh, look at that, let's look at, I am going, I don't think that we're a bounty hunter. Yeah, no, definitely not bounty. Okay, let's look at uh, colonist. For the colonist, the eight defining character career skills are charm, deceptive, knowledge of the core worlds, education, knowledge, and lore knowledge, leadership, negotiation, and streetwise. In a way, colonists are the most out-of-place people in the Outer Rim. They are most often from the core worlds. Okay, uh, we've already established that our cat is not from a core world, mm -hmm. uh, I think. Yeah. 
considering no one's ever seen one in a Star Wars before. Yeah, no. Never never been in a Star Wars. Nope. Closest thing we've seen is still definitely not a cat as we know it. Mm-hmm. See, so anyway. What about Explorer? Okay, so the Explorer's eight career skills are... Uh, you know what? I don't need to read that. Let's look at the role. The Empire is vast, but it's a mere fraction of the galaxy, and the Explorer seeks to uncover the countless mysteries and opportunities the universe contains. I think this fits. We've already established this is a cat with, like, a dangerous amount of curiosity, right? Yeah. Enough to put them- enough to put themselves in- Yeah. Like, he got a- he walked himself onto that ship. (laughs) They knew what they were. (laughs) Right. Uh, so the specializations for Explorer are Fringer, uh, discovering pops possibilities. The Scout, discovering new planets. The Trader, discovering new markets. I think we gotta go with either Fringer or Scout. Yeah. I think Scout, it sounds like it would work. Let's, I think we should probably read that one. Let's see. A Scout knows his way around any environment, and he's both tough and knowledgeable enough to make the most of his situation. His additional career skills make his job much easier. Athletics, medicine, planetary piloting, and survival. A couple of those would work. Probably athletics and survival. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to see a cat knowing medicine. Yeah. But, but I mean, these come with the the uh, uh, skill set, so I, I guess if you came up with a claim that a cat could pilot, uh, it could... Because that's supposed to Hold just on. be like planetary vehicles who, not interplanetary vehicles who said anything about driving this cat is the co-pilot he's he's right there right there in the passenger seat <laughs> medicine medicine we could do with the radio <laughs> yeah smacking the knobs <laughs> medicine i mean i guess we could do another kind of like satchel thing but yeah kind of carry stuff lets people treat themselves true i mean let's be real though how many how many satchels or like small bags do you see on characters in Star Wars? I, watch one episode of The Mandalorian, add it up. I guarantee you it's more than 20. <laughs> more than more than 30. Yeah, people carry their own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, so if we're doing the explorer, I guess we should look at their uh career skills because they have 8 of them. Right. And we've got astrogation, cool, knowledge, lore, knowledge, outer rim, knowledge, xenology, perception, piloting, space. Okay, so this cat can pilot. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again, I think you'd have to, like, it has the skills. So you'd have to give it a ship made for it to pilot. And if we're arguing that it uh, came from a, came from like it's supposed to be like the primitive uh being that we know of as a cat i think someone would have to teach it this oh absolutely i mean maybe this is why it's so devoted to its crew because they spent the time to give it its own spaceship (laughs) but or they taught like they taught it like how to sort of pilot the one they've got push this lever to go into hyperdrive like it, uh, I, I imagine it's possible that this crew had a drone that piloted their ship, or a droid that piloted their ship, right? Uh-huh. And that droid had to pilot the ship by, uh, like, purely by pressing buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
just because like it didn't have opposable thumbs or something. That, and see, so, that could work. Only button and so presses. because of that, the cat can do the same sort of tasks. That that works for our uh, the species we chose to base on too. Yeah. Okay, so we got explorer specialization. Are we going with the scout then? Yeah, I think scout fits. Okay, scout, and then let's see. Eight career skills. Do you want to read those off to me so I can check them? Yes. Uh, one second. Let me uh, get back up there. So the eight that come with the explorer uh, career are astrogation, cool, okay. uh, lore knowledge, outer uh, rim knowledge. Hold on a second. The knowledge. Oh, sorry. Oh, the lore. You said outer world. Yep. Okay. Or outer rim. Uh, xenology. Xenology. Got it. And then it has perception. Okay. Got it. Piloting space. Check. Okay, and survival. Got it. And then the scout skills are athletics. Okay. Medicine. And then planetary piloting. Planetary piloting. Got it. And survival. Okay. We already got survival for space. It's okay. interesting they listed it again. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so... Uh, the, uh, scout talent tree, then. I think that's where we start spending our XP, right? Yes. Okay, found it. Scout talent tree. It also clarifies for us that anything highlighted in red is an active ability, and anything highlighted in, what is that, purple, is passive. Okay, so let's see what we got here in this top row. I'm assuming we have to work our way down. Typical skill tree. Yeah, so, like, the things on the top, like, anything that they're connected to, like... If you see a connection line, then having that skill lets you have the next skill. Okay. We got Rapid Recovery, Stalker, Grit, and Shortcut. Add one one uh, boost die per rank of Stalker to all stealth and coordination checks. That's really good. Uh, shortcut, yeah. shortcut is also really good. During a chase, add one bonus die. Is that bonus? Boost. Add one boost yeah. die per rank in shortcut to any checks made to catch or escape an opponent. Yep. Like, if you look through here, there's other stalker and shortcut uh, things that... It's like, the, it stacks. Oh, oh, yeah, I see now. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, I think we should take stalker. Stalker is a good one for sure. Because, because we've already established we want this cat to be kind of a sneaky character, right? Yeah. We want it to get the upper hand uh, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that's uh, got a cost of five. Five XP. Mm -hmm. uh, where do these go? Good question. Special. Is there like a, a thing called the talents or? No. Huh. I wonder if that's what custom skills is supposed to be. One moment. Let me check the official character sheet again to see if that's another difference. Nope, it's called custom skills over here. Okay, so these are the custom skills. Uh, I don't know for sure if that's what it is. Oh, I, I believe so, because if you look uh, at the screen share, it's got custom skills and then a special slot typing that font. <laughs> so tiny. Small. But then it also has like these bars to let us know how many we have. So if we have stalker oh that then... makes sense actually so i think that means that like with survival we have an extra rank in it oh yeah so, like, that it, would make sense it lists survival twice 
So we have two ranks in survival. Yep. There we go. So let's mark down all of our other great things. Yeah, I guess for now, let's list it under custom skills unless we get instructions to use custom skills for something else. So we have one point in stalker. Do we want to take shortcut? Uh, yeah, I think we want shortcut. 165 now. Point in that. Um, see what our next. Uh, that gave us access to Quick Strike and Disorient. Uh, let's see. Quick Strike. Add one bonus die per rank of Quick Strike to combat to combat checks against targets that have not acted yet. Okay. So basically, anyone you move before, you can get that extra. A little. Yeah, you get a little bonus on them. That sounds good. That costs ten points, but that's fine. We've we've got plenty. So we want to do that one. Yeah. I think so. What was it called again? Quick strike? Yep. Disorient is the other one access to. After hitting with combat check, may spend two... What is the symbol again, Joel? Help me out here. Uh, that's advantage. Okay. May spend two advantage to disorient target for a number of rounds equal to ranks in disorient. So basically, uh, uh, like you get to stun or disorient someone if you have two advantage points with this one, it looks like. And how many rounds that lasts depends on how many uh, disorient ranks you've taken. That could be that could be really good. I think considering the type of character we have, that makes sense. Your list that costs ten. Mm-hmm. So we have one forty-five left. Mm-hmm. So we've taken one rank in uh, shortcut. One rank in Stalker, one rank in Quick Strike, and we've taken Disorient. We can go ahead, I think, and take another shortcut one, it looks like. Yes. So, during a chase, add one bonus die per rank. Shortcut to any checks made to catch an escape, though. That one costs 15. Put us down to 130 point. Mm-hmm. We could also do Actually, another... we could go down this line and just, like, boost most of our uh, things. Like, we can get another rank in... Uh... Quick shortcut, strike. and then another rank in Quick Strike, and then yet another rank in Disorient, if we just want to follow this line down. I, I think that's a good idea. So Quick Strike and Disorient now have two points each. Little Neat. shortcut. Um, so that that line's finished. Let's see what these active. We have one Let's see. called Let's Ride. Once per round, you may mount or dismount a vehicle or beast, or enter a cockpit or weapon station on a vehicle as an incidental. So basically, like, I, I'm assuming that would be, like, bonus actions or side actions in D&D combat? Yeah, kind of sounds like it. Okay. What's Natural Hunter? That sounds cool. Once per session, you may re-roll any one perception or vigilance. That could be really good. Yeah, I like that. Let's save some uh, XP just in case there are other uses for it later in the... Uh... Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um and if not, we can come back up. Yeah, because technically, if we're still on uh, step four and five, we have not gotten to the step six of invest experience points yet. Oh, we've got 70 left, which is about half of our original. Because we yeah, have, I, what? We, we started with 175, right? Oh, yeah, okay, never mind. It, it's a little less than half. Yeah, a little less. Um, okay, so yeah, we'll we'll wait on this other stuff, but current... Current skills are Stalker 1, Shortcut 2, Quick Strike 2, Disorient 2, and Natural Hunt. Yep. Right. Are we got our specialization, we've got our um, class, our career, yep. rather. So, step six. 
best experience. So, uh, you know how all the uh, skill, the first thing it tells us to do is we've got our characteristics, our starting stats. Those characteristics would be brawn, agility, intellect, hunting, willpower, and presence. Yes. Uh, or prescience, I think is, or is it presence? Prescience or presence? I think it, I, I, I can't read. Uh, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Yep, nope, that's presence. Okay, so that's, you got that right. I think that's like your, uh, your, basically your charisma stat. Ah, gotcha. Um, so let's see. How do, how do we go about him? To improve those, raising the, uh, characteristics to the next highest rating costs ten times the value it's being raised to. So basically, since all of our starting stats are at one, it would cost twenty to raise one. Ah, Okay. So let's you... look at our our stats real quick, and uh, we can kind. Of, I've played enough different RPGs; I can kind of guess the use of each one of these. Also, I've played this game before. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, like brawn and agility are like your hit and your your dodge. Mm -hmm. Intellect. I I don't know if intellect or cunning is what perception is tied to. Actually, I do because it's listed here. Perception is cunning. So if we want to have, like, a really perceptive cat, then we might want to boost our cunning from one to two. Okay. Uh, so that'll cost 20 points. Yep. I think... Do we need more agility? It would make sense to have more agility. I think, I think we should also bump that up. Yep. Another 20. A 30. Mm-hmm. Now, next thing we can do is uh, train skills. Each skill has five ranks of training available. A character may have already acquired several ranks of skill training from his starting career and profession for free. So we already have one rank in, what is it again? We have one rank in astrogation, athletics, cool, perception, piloting, planetary, piloting space. We have two in survival, and then we have one in lore, outer rim, and xenology. Okay, cool. And then of course we have our custom skills that came with our uh, our our career, so we could uh, spend some uh, some uh, points on skill training. Each skill has five ranks available. Characters may train additional skills and gain additional ranks during character creation. However, it is important to note that regardless of any species or career bonuses, no skill can be raised higher than rank two during character creation. Training a career skill to the next highest rank costs five times the rank it is being raised to. So, uh, two times five is ten. So it would cost ten points to raise any of our existing things, or five points to go from zero to one in anything, if we think there's a skill that we would benefit from that we don't have. Okay, let's see. Are there any skills that you can think of that you would... Because there's one, mm, two, I I could think. Maybe charm. I was thinking uh, charm as well. Then I was also thinking stealth. I think charm and stealth make sense. So do we want to raise both of those to one? Yep, and that will cost 10 points. Mundo. We are at 20 points, which means we can raise two things up to rank two, or we could add new skill. Let's make sure there's not something else we're supposed to be doing. Except, nope, the only other thing is acquiring talents, and we've already bought a whole bunch of talents. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we can spend the rest of our XP on uh, 
on boosting uh, skills. Uh, I don't think it, that the lore part of the cat makes makes sense. The only other things that we need then are we can spend our remaining uh, skill points. Well, we could I, boost stealth to two. I think that would make sense. I I think so. As that would cost us ten, mm-hmm. put us down to ten points. Do we want to boost perception? Only- we could boost perception. We did give ourselves a higher cunning stat because we were thinking about perception. Yes. I think yeah. I, I think perception would probably Okay. Alright. So that's all of our experience. You're at zero. Our cat is down to no thoughts, head empty. Alright. <laughs> you know, this is a pretty well rounded level one character. Actually Yeah. Does this game have levels or is it just like X I think it's just uh EXP point by. Sick. Um okay. What is our next step? Next, we get into derived attributes. Oh, boy. What does that mean? So we've already kind of done some of this, I think. Like, if you if you look at your character sheet, you've got some derived attributes filled out, like uh, your wound threshold and your strain threshold. Oh, the... Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. So, next is defense. Determines how difficult a character is to hit in combat situations. Defense is divided into ranged defense and melee defense. A character's default value in each defense rating is zero. Defense is most commonly gained by wearing armor or by adopting defensive position in combat, such as gaining cover. Some talents may also increase one of the character's defense ratings. We don't have any talents that have done that. So ours would just be zero then for both, right? Yep. Okay. We'll find out more if we buy cat armor. True, Uh, but I feel like that's a fair thing. Yeah. Well, buying gear is one of our uh, our steps. Oh, okay. Buying gear and determining our appearance, step nine. It's all one step. Soak value is next. And that determines how much incoming damage a character can shrug off beca- before being seriously wounded. A character's soak value is subtracted from any incoming damage. So basically, it acts as a sort of shield on its own. Gotcha. Any damage remaining after subtracting soak becomes wounds, and this is applied towards uh, the character's wound threshold. A character's default soak value is equal to his brawn rating. After determining this initial value, increases to a character's brawn rating increase the soak value. So, basically, our brawn is one, so our soak is one. Sweet. Also, we might need to go back to wounds and strain uh, for a second. I need to... That was under droid. Yeah. To buy section here. Um, okay, yeah. So Step three we... is on page 43. Okay, never mind. We're good on wounds and strain because we did not increase our brawn nor our willpower. Yep. Okay, so we are good on our derived attributes. Those will get changed later um, through, yes. game, through gameplay. Yep. Now, determining motivations. A character's motivation helps provide flavor and distinction by helping define what makes him tick. Okay, so those spots are actually referenced. Good, good. Where we put the... uh... Yeah, where we put the background. Yep, so I think we're going to have to go back and put those in the notes section again. Yep, I'm doing that now. Okay. All right, so... Looks like this is a... We got a table. We got a few tables. Love tables. 
So a character's motivation helps provide flavor and distinction by helping define what makes him tick and what distinguishes two players of the same race, class, and skill mix. In the same way that obligation gives characters a series of concrete goals they need to resolve and provides game masters with concepts for adventures, motivation is intended to help a player roleplay his character by giving him more or giving him some predetermined character traits and goals. So, we can either roll on table 2 to 5 for random motivation, or pick one. We are, of course, going to roll, because otherwise I've gotten my dice out for nothing. Fair. And that is a single d10 for the uh, random motivation. Or, okay, is, is there a difference between the... the I'm, I'm sorry, one second. I need to read this... Uh, a little further because I don't know if there's a difference between the uh specific amp oh never mind I see I see how this works I think yeah there's types of motivation and then we got the uh so basically we go ambition cause relationship and then we've got tables for ambition cause relationship okay that makes sense oh gotcha gotcha so I rolled a nine so Give our us. motivation is a relationship we have place of origin, pet, childhood friend, comrades, siblings, uh, parents, extended family, a droid companion, or a former nemesis. Ooh. Well, let's roll those bones and find out what we get. Yep. Now, some of these just straight up will not make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but let's go with it. I got an 84. Droid companion, let's go! <laughs> I was hoping for this one. It's the droid that taught him to fly it's the ship. Exactly! It works out so well. Okay. Uh, we got... Whoops. Droid companion. Oh man, sometimes, sometimes things just work out. Sometimes things really do just work out. Okay, yeah. So yeah, this is uh, the ship's astromech droid. So we could do that. Yeah. Or a trusty protocol droid. Like, I think if we're going to have a, a droid that is capable of flying a ship that it can teach a cat to pilot, uh, an astromech droid wouldn't make as much sense as a protocol droid. Yeah. And this protocol droid, of course, must have very stubby hands. True. This is not what... Now let me put a space... Huh. Oh, there it goes. I <laughs> uh, gotta love form-fillable PDFs, guys. Sometimes they just... Oh, so this is a protocol droid? Yeah, I think we we can say it's like a protocol slash pilot droid with stubby hands that has a modified ship to accommodate that fact because the people who own the droid are too cheap to fix it. Okay. <laughs> they would literally rather modify the ship than repair the droid. <laughs> but it works out for our cat because he gets to learn to fly the ship. <laughs> Hell yeah. So a protocol droid... Protocol slash pilot droid with a modified ship have written down. Do we want any more specific on that? I don't I don't think we need more specific on that right now. Okay. Uh is that the only one we get? Yep. We don't we don't have two. We didn't okay. roll a second we didn't roll a ten on the dice, so Alright. I can't now believe that do... worked out so well. <laughs> <laughs> now, gear and appearance. At this stage, the players have taken care of most of the mechanical details of their characters. Now each player has the chance to consider additional details that help define his character. These details tend to have greater narrative impact on how the characters operate and add richness and depth to their existence. This means, however, that players are able and even encouraged 
to be as creative as they like when inventing the description of their character. So, first and foremost, what kind of cat we playing as? Well, we, uh, we we've decided roguish kind of cat. Yeah, um, a roguish pilot. Okay, hey Joel, is yeah. our is our cat Hansel? <laughs> <laughs> He's no. a cat. He's a cat that lives alone on his own planet. That snuck onto somebody else's ship, became the pilot. <laughs> it has a companion. He, he might be. <laughs> I think we just made on solo. <laughs> okay. I'm now for some reason picturing a hairless cat in a little vest. Oh my god, yeah, I was thinking a little vest too. <laughs> I don't know why I, why I'm picturing it as hairless, but <laughs> you know, we haven't done a hairless cat yet. Let's let's do it. <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> you know, somebody who's listening probably figure that out like the 20 minute mark. <laughs> we just <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't know. Uh, we don't have uh, Han Solo's job. He would have been a smuggler. We're an explorer. That's but... true. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so we're a hairless cat with a vest. Does this vest have pockets? Are we... Is that a yes on the... This cat is carrying medicine around? Yeah, I think so. Okay. See, Han Solo would never help his friends like that. <laughs> <laughs> This is a totally right. different original character. <laughs> yep. So uh, we have on the right-hand side there the character description on the character sheet. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to start filling in details. Yep. Uh, gender. We, we've been talking about this cat in the, in the male gender. I think that's been influenced by the fact that this book refers to all the characters as male. Yeah. Uh, do we like a male cat for this or... Uh, like if it's supposed to be the uh, be Han Solo the cat, we yeah we can do a male cat. Why not? Okay, let's do male age. I should really just write down the cat average age. Yeah, we've looked it up so many times. Twelve to eighteen years. Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna uh, control C, uh, control V on the uh, the official document here. I think okay. I think if this is a cat from space, it, I mean, it's just, obviously it's just a cat, but they've got more futuristic technology to keep it alive longer. So I think we should go like the ten year mark because obviously this cat is smart enough to pilot a starship. Um, also, it, it, because of that, it has access to technology. Exactly. <laughs> So I, so I think uh, I think you're right. I think you could argue that this cat was on its last legs and then it was revived. Yeah, it found it found new companionship and a, a new reason to keep going. And also modern medicine. Yes, <laughs> modern medicine. What a what a savior. Uh, height. This is another thing we're going to yeah. have to copy paste. 9.1 to 9.8 inches. Uh, I I want to say this cat is probably like a solid 9.7. Um, okay. It, you know, it's got to be kind of tall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, you know, see through that window. Right. Uh, this says build. Uh, I'm just going to put hairless here because... Well, we do have a hair section below that. 
Oh, that's true. So none. Yeah, none. Uh, b- build. Yeah, I think build like works for like. Uh, what is the official like? Hairless cats are like they're called the Sphinx cat. Yeah. So we could we could write down. Yeah, I think that makes sense. That's S T H Y N X. Oh, it's Y N X. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was I. Speaking of eyes, that's our next thing to fill out. I'm yep. assuming it just uh, means I'm, eye color. Yeah, I'm looking up pictures of Sphinx cats right now. They either have yellow eyes, blue eyes. There's one that for some reason has no eyes in this Google image search. There's one that has both a yellow and a blue eye. See, I was thinking about that. Like, we made it have two different colors. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. I like that. Uh, Do, do we want to do yellow, blue, or do we want to do, like, blue? Let's do, uh... Let's do yellow and blue. All right. Okay. A male cat, 10 years old, 9.7 inches tall, sphinx, so hairless, uh, and it's got yellow and one yellow eye and one blue eye. Yep. This says that we can do scars, tattoos, or other identifying marks. Uh, no, that's for something else. Like, you acquire uh, critical injuries through, like, very bad combat encounters. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, personality, um, I think, I think this is up to the play. We don't have to determine that for you. There's not a spot for it on the, the character sheet. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a roleplay type thing, not a write mm-hmm. down. Now, finally, we need starter gear. Uh, player characters in Edge of the Empire receive a budget of credits to spend on starting gear before the gameplay begins. This budget is 500 credits, although it can be increased by taking additional obligation before the characters begin the game. Players may spend these credits to purchase items from Chapter 5 for their character. They may not purchase restricted items unless specifically given dispensation by their GM. Why not just say if the GM get unless the GM gives you permission? <laughs> yeah. Um I believe I think I saw something here about our starting credits being different because of last uh something different about scout. Yeah. It is That let's see. That would be under explorer maybe not. What did it say it was done on page Let's see, there are plenty of scouts that work for... I don't see anything about that here. Maybe I, I was probably... Uh, I think I was looking at the experience. Oh. Because it, it has... Okay. Anyway, chapter 5, if you want to look at that, it starts on page 147. Okay. Oh, yeah. We didn't take any because it would have given us more obligation. You said page what? 147. Gotcha. I'm there. Okay. So, uh, it said we started with 500 credits, right? Correct. Uh, so, where is the, let's see, we've got, there's all kinds of information about, like, rarity or, or stuff here, but, like, I don't think we need, we need the, the tables. Give us the tables. Where's that in, equipment table, please? Umbrance, combat, weapon care, description. Aha, armor and gear. Page 168 for armor. Okay, gotcha. Below is a list of the most common armor types found throughout the galaxy. Heavy clothing, adverse environment gear, padded armor, armored clothing, stormtrooper armor, heavy battle armor, personal deflector shield. Do we see our cat wearing any of these? I 
don't though. I I could make an argument for heavy heavy clothing, I think. Because our cat is wearing a vest. Oh, that's uh, so true. we could say it's a, a padded vest or something. Uh, a good leather jacket, technician's jumpsuit, or thick woolen cloak won't stop much damage, but it's certainly better than nothing. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we can do that. Okay. Now, is there anything that uh we get uh, heavy clothing clothing does not give a boost boost to defense, but it gives you plus one soak. I'm adding this to our Okay. And that costs fifty credits, so we have four hundred and fifty left. Uh I don't know. Is there a place to I was mark just credits? Looking. I feel like it would be like a I'm I'm looking at the character sheet here. Uh it is uh, huh. I'm going to put it in our XP spot for now, um, and then okay. people who play, uh, if if we have any left over, I'll find a spot for. It. I'll probably just put it. Uh-huh, oh, oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, I just saw uh, it right above weapons and armor. Gotcha. Yep. Credits four fifty. You said. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we've got the uh, equipment log, which is for our weapons and armor and personal gear, and we've got that written down. Cool. Uh, so that's it for armor. Time to look at our... Heavy clothing also gives us one encumbrance. Ah, uh, yes. Would it be around the equipment log as well, or...? I thought so. One second. Let me see if I can find it on the regular character sheet, because that could help guide us. Are you viewing the uh, PDF in your browser? It looks like you could just control F and type in con- encumbrance and see if it pops up. Nope. Huh. Um, I will put the... So we don't have any weapons at all. Oh, I'm just going to mark Yet. it here. How do you spell encumbrance? N- E-N-C-U-M-B-R-A-N-C-E. Got it. All right. So now, on to uh, gear. Got Comlink, Hollow Messenger. Uh, that's for uh, communications. That... I feel like it would make sense, maybe, for our cat to have a Comlink... Because that could be, like, attached to them. A hollow messenger, on the other hand, would have issues. Yeah, because that's something they would probably have to hold. Mm-hmm. I think a comlink could work, too. Because, you know, if somebody gets lost or loses their comlink, the cat finds them. They can use the cat's comlink. Or mm-hmm. if some, like, I'm assuming this cat knows a few words... I mean, obviously, animals can learn phrases or, like, tones of voice and everything. Mm-hmm. I think it would make sense for the the cat to, uh, to like, eventually be able to understand what other people are saying. So, like, people could issue it commands, even if it couldn't tell them much of anything. Yeah. I think that would. Other than meow. <laughs> um, yeah. Do calm link. Nope. Uh, common device found across the galaxy. I'm trying to see if there's anything about how much it costs. I do not see it. Uh, I found it. Oh, you found it? Yeah, if it's on page one one eighty two. Got it. Um, Comlink handheld and long range. Do we need a long range? I don't think so. I believe I know it says handheld, but I it think al- it also says that you can put them in helmets and stuff. So I yeah. think we could argue that our cat is wearing something like it. It could be on its vest, like attached, mm. like right underneath. Or right on, like, the top of it, where, like, the back of its neck is. That mm-hmm. way I can hear it. 
So it's yeah. got a price of 25 This is down to 400 and credits. And it weighs nothing. Weighs nothing, and it's not rare. All right, so I guess looking here, do we want to give our cat any poisons to carry around? Uh, I don't think poisons, but there is a medical section. Ah, okay. And I'm thinking stem packs, perhaps, depending on what they do. Uh, stem packs, in other Star Wars video games, stem packs basically, like, give you speed or power boosts, uh, okay. whereas med packs would heal hit points. Gotcha. Uh, how much does a med pack cost? Then? Med packs are 400. Woof. Yeah, that's rough. But, I mean, what else would we buy here? Uh, we could give our cat cybernetic enhancements. I was, yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Actually, no, we can't. No, we can't. can't. They are so expensive. (laughs) Uh, yeah, every cybernetic implant, I know this this is an audio medium, the lowest one costs a thousand. Uh, let's see, one thousand, two thousand... 4,000, 5,000, 7,500, and then 10,000. That is up to you guys later on. Yep. We could just spend the last 425 on a med pack and a stem pack. We could. Uh, what about, uh, yeah, I think so. Unless you want to give him, like, uh, scanner goggles. I was thinking about that, or like a surveillance tag, or what is a surveillance? I'm not sure. That would be a detection device. Surveillance tagger. These small, less than three centimeters across beacons are commonly placed on their target via darts or other. Oh, okay. It's a tracker. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we would have. Our, I don't think our cat would be putting trackers. Actually, if it could get somewhere unnoticed and put a tracker on someone, that's true. It would be a sneaky little guy to do it. No one would see it coming. I think. The only problem that I'm thinking of is how would the cat get the tracker on? Good point. I think someone would have to give it the tracker so it could, like, carry it to its destination. It would not be able to independently get the tracker out itself and Yeah, this, and would, be, this would be a teammate. Yeah, so I think it would make more sense for the cat to carry around uh, easy-use medical supplies, like a med, med pack and a stim than it would for them to carry around something like the 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 uh, surveillance tagger. Gotcha. Okay. But Can I'm going to... One moment. While we're looking at the... Uh, I want to look at the uh, uh, binoculars and the, like... I looked at some the... Some of that stuff. I looked at the scanner goggles, and it looks like they're just, like... They give you the ability to see through walls, but give you a wall hat. Like thermal imaging, it looks like. That's neat. Yeah. They do not require extra effort or hands. I mean, if you would rather have the cat just carry around a med pack and a stem, fulfill well, their medical duties. I mean, could... I, I'm also trying to think of, like, what other thing could, one, either be cool, or two, would make sense. I think the scanner goggles would be cool, make sense, and also mechanically fit with the role of the cat in the party. Because we've, as we've established, they are supposed to be a sneaky guy. Yeah. So, I think, like, the I scanner think... goggles would give them the ability to, like, perceive uh, the environment. Yeah. They could also, you know, detect teammates through walls and figure out mm-hmm. what our ne- what the next move is. So, yeah, scanner goggles work. Uh, and they that cost... does mean we can't afford the med pack. That's, that's fair. That, you know, I'm sure 
people will be able to make up more credits by those throughout yeah, yeah. the game. Uh, so those Most cost likely. 150 brings us number that I am going to say right. It's what isn't it 200 or 150? Yeah. 275. 275. Because we are at 425 minus 150. So okay. we have Comlink, Scanner Goggles. I'm, you know, I'm terrible at Never mind. No, I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm great at spelling. Comlink, Scanner Goggles, and then I think we can leave the other 275. Unless we want to put a couple what's, of Wait, what's the difference between an emergency med pack and a med pack? Because an emergency med pack is only 100. I imagine that one is a lot more portable. Back to emergency med pack. Uh, med packs are common uh, even on those sh- those ships that do not engage in activities of dubious legality. For even those with medical training, uh, can use the contents to treat injuries and save lives. Inner med packs contain field dressings. Med packs allow characters to others using checks without penalty. I don't know what the difference is. Uh, it basically it sounds it's exactly what I thought like. The med pack is larger and more advanced. Uh, oh yeah! But but the emergency pack would allow us to like avoid penalties for failing a medicine check. Gotcha. Is what that's that's the actual mechanical benefit it told us here. Okay. Whereas the advanced med pack would be allows the user to perform relatively complicated medical procedures in the field and can rival the infirm- infirmaries of smaller ships. It also allows the characters to attempt to heal others using medicine checks uh, without penalty, just like the uh, emergency one, and additionally grants a, what heck, what's it called? Bonus die. The bonus die, yeah. On all attempts in addition. The internal stim storage grants the user the equivalent of one stim pack per scene, although the game master can rule the device has run out of uh, stims if the supplies are used continuously. So it kind of replenishes after each uh like adventure when you get back to the ship it, you can refill it it sounds like as well but like if you use it repeatedly in the field the game master can say you've run out of stuff gotcha well they only cost a hundred so we could do two but that will also give us two encumbrance i'd say i'd say only one and then uh get a couple stim packs because the stim packs have encumbrance no also, one other thing that we should uh, bear in mind is maybe save a little bit of money so we can afford a weapon. Oh, that's true. Uh, so we have 175, and if we just want one stim pack, that'll bring us down to one. Yep. How does stim pack have a K at the end of it? Med pack does. I do not know. Okay, on to weapons. I don't know. Weapon oh, attack. weapon. Weapon uh, characteristics, page 158. Each weapon has a variety of characteristics which define its abilities and make it distinct. All weapons share several characteristics, while many feature special qualities that add additional rules to its operation. So the name, general name of the weapon. This may be a broad uh, label that applies to several closely related weapons, such as a blaster or the cat gun. Hold on, I'm still trying to get to work. Oh, sorry. I have... Uh, I have messed up badly here i accidentally <laughs> it happens okay uh, so we've got yeah we got weapon descriptions we got blasters we've got melee weapons slug throwers which are rifles basically it looks like okay explosives and flame projectors brawl weapons melee weapons 
and then after that it's armor, so kind of where we've already covered. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, <laughs> lightsabers, We I don't think we could logically say that our cat has a lightsaber. Yeah, no. Lightsabers re- normally require the lightsaber skill to wield. However, since this is not an option for the players in this book, so, yeah, I don't think it would be fair to say our cat has one. But our cat could have a vibro knife. True. It's a it's basically a modified combat knife. They uh but since they've proven so effective, they've become manufactured such as throughout the galaxy. Or as such throughout the galaxy. The basic premise is simple. A small but powerful device within the knife's handle vibrates the blade at an incredibly high frequently frequency so that it essentially acts as a miniature saw. Hmm. The, okay, so if our cat is using a vibro knife though. Most likely it's going to be holding it in its mouth. Yes. Is it going to be able to reliably hold it while it is vibrating at a high frequency? Hmm. I don't know what else we could give the the cat, though, in, in terms of weapons. That's true. I'm not sure. We could just give it a normal combat knife. True. Vicious combatants rely on sharp blades to slice and gash their foes. They're also far easier to conceal than a firearm, just as deadly if the user is skilled. And the melee weapon table is, like, way up here, I believe. All the table. I think all the tables are at the beginning. Yep. Uh, so combat knife is the melee skill, plus one to damage, three is a crit, range is engaged, so, like, intimate, basically. Yeah. Within one combat square. Encumbrance of one, price twenty five. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, we wouldn't have been able to afford a vibro knife. I think that we would have two hundred and fifty. Oh yeah, no, we only have one fifty left. Whoops. Um. Okay. So do we want to just do combat knife? Because yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's uh, the only thing we. Unless we want to say the cat's wearing shot gloves, and if it's that uh, needs you with its paws, you get the a fun little. Nope, never mind. That's three hundred bucks. Damn it! I was thinking about the shot gloves too. I was like, they could be modified for a cat. Yeah, that would be a funny thing for a player to to give to this cat and tell us all about later on twitter.com slash literal cat pod. Nice plug, nice plug. Okay, combat knife, I think is what we're going to have to go with. So, yeah. you know, players can... Uh, does combat knife give us an encumbrance? Of one. Of one. Okay, so that means we have... Three total. What is the threshold, like, the encumbrance threshold? I don't know is the, the problem. I don't know what it is. I would assume it's higher than three. I, I, it's gotta be higher than three. Um, so let's, skill is melee, damage is... One, plus one. Hold Range on. is engaged. Okay. Engaged. Wow, Crits that's so good for them. is three. <laughs> and it doesn't have anything special about it. Right. So that's our weapon. And the final step of character creation. This is something that's supposed to be done as a group, but we don't have them here. So uh, step 10, starting on page 99, is selecting a ship. Oh boy. So our options are a Wayfarer medium transport, a YT-1300 light freighter, a fire spray uh, system c- patrol craft. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's go through the so wayfarer wayfarer medium transport. This ship is good for larger groups as it has ample room for crew, passengers, and lots of cargo. The larger and less maneuverable vessel, so it can't easily mix it up with starfighters. 
uh, groups with an enthusiastic and dedicated pilot character might want to look elsewhere. Well, <laughs> I, I don't think we're going with the Wayfarer. <laughs> no, I would say... I'd say that a light freighter sounds like it might suit us best. One of the most common light freighters in the galaxy, the YT-1300, certainly pushed Corellian Engineering Corporation into center stage. The YT-1300 is quick, rugged, and almost endlessly modifiable. That Besides is... being identifiably iconic, it is a good starship to start groups off with because it can perform well in a variety of roles, it can haul cargo, or with some modifications, can be un upgunned or hot rotted into a smuggling or bounty hunting vessel that's good the endless endlessly modifiable is the the two key words there yep <laughs> i think the idea is like the falcon is supposed to be like it's a corellian freighter so it yeah. might have started out as something like the 1300 gotcha okay so yeah yt i don't think there's a place for that on the sheet so i'm just gonna do the thing drop yeah it down here. uh yeah according to the book if we're looking at the book the character sheet in the back here has the ship as its own separate page wild there's probably a bunch of other things you can do with it. the ship the ship has its own character sheet ah <laughs> uh, that see that makes sense though yeah so, like, we can just, like, note that that's the ship that we have. And then we can go to page 264, it looks like, to learn all about it. Yeah, no, that's just a picture of the Falcon there and the uh, thing that it's got for it. Yeah, sure does. <laughs> okay, so this is... None of this is on our characters. Nah, we don't, we don't really have to worry about this. Uh, well, that was step 10, right? Was that our last yep. step? That's our last step. I think we've completed the character creation oh, of this my cat. Goodness. And well, we there, only... there's one thing we have left to do, Joel. What's that? We need a name. Oh yeah, we haven't named this guy. Uh, dang. Let's see. Let's go to Star Wars. Oh, yep. I saw this earlier. Star Wars character name generator for cats. Star Wars character names for cats. 120 plus Star Wars cat names. These are terrible. <laughs> um, I think I'm looking at the same site you yeah. are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we've got Akbar, Admiral, Anakin, Baby Yoda, Bane, Baze, Beckett, Biggs, Boba, Bodie, Booster, Cad, Cassian, Chewie, Chopper. These Cody. are these are just uh these are just, these are just Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let's see. Star Wars. I'm just gonna look at Star Wars name. Sounds good. Uh, human names. Oh my gosh, wait. What's up? Uh, okay. Yep. Fantasy name generators. We got this is a, this is a reliable website. Actually, I want to shout this website out because I've used it countless times. Yeah, fantasy name generators. I've used this so much for like D and D, um, and like a few other things, like stories that I've written for like college classes and stuff. They got it all. They really do. So let's. See. I also found a website called the Story Shack that has a generator. So let's just uh, see if anything on your list stands out to you, and I'll tell you if anything on mine stands out to me. Bro, these are I. I don't even think these are names. These are just a bunch of consonants and a couple of vowels <laughs> thrown into <laughs> thrown into a pit. We got Cod's Codzan, which is C O D X A N. Sorry, hold on. Full name Codzan Harhar. 
I don't know that we need a last name because we are basically just going to be called whatever the crew calls us. Yeah. We can't communicate our name. I Turgo. Or tur- <laughs> Turgu, sorry. Turgu. Uh, the names that I got are a little easier to read. Some of them seem too on the nose, but it's whatever. Uh, we've got Han Gilder, Sham- Shamasi Starfallen, Marius Svung, Lancer Keltru, Regal Sexton, and Vial Evil Novastar. Those are pretty good. Let's see. I'm gonna... I kind of like Gilder, like, just as a... and as on its own. I was thinking but that, would a, would a crew give it that nickname? Good. Let's see. I've got a couple here. Uh, this this just says Devin. <laughs> it actually says Devosin, but literally I saw it and I was like, that's just Devin. <laughs> uh, we got Omabra, Luikra, Lizrog, Dilnist, uh, Nick Zack. I actually kind of like Nick. Fernie? Fernie sounds like something that someone would call a cat. Yeah, it does. Grackbus. Wayami. <laughs> uh, uh, Not a typical cat name, but Wayami does sound kind of cool. A little bit, yeah. Fernie, Fernie is good. That's just like a straight up cat name. I don't know. What was the other one that you said you liked? Uh, from your list? It was like Fernie or something. Well, yeah, Fernie was one, but there was one from your list. Oh, like Gilder. Gilder. Gilder's good, too. I don't know. I don't know which one I like more. Uh, okay, I ran my generator again, and I just got Noble Mao, which, uh, if if you know anything about uh, certain foreign languages, some places pronounce a cat's meow as Mao. That's true. Which is, it's very funny that it, that it came up <laughs> here that yeah. way. This one actually just sounds like a, a an Earth name. I've I've got Ivan Carlton. Uh, I know I know people whose last name is Carlton. <laughs> I know somebody named Ivan. Like that's that's a that's an Earth name. I I was thinking about it though. Mao would kind of work because in what in what we have established, nobody has seen a cat before. Right, and they probably they. They could have thought it was an intelligent species. It was like, what's your name? And the cat just Mao. goes, meow. And they're like, ah, meow. Good to meet you. Just like, uh, crap. What was that one, like, Arrested Development, where they had the kid who was telling, was saying hello to everyone in, in Korean, and so they just called him that. Oh. Like, they never bothered to learn his real name. It was just like. They kept calling him, like, Anyan, which was hello in Korean. I've never seen Arrested Development, but makes It's not sense. worth it. <laughs> but I, I will uh, note that down. Anyway, so we've named our cat. We've given them a ship. We've given them a backstory. We've given them gear. Wait. Most importantly, we've given them a job. Did we give it... Wait, did we decide on the name? No, I guess we haven't. I said... I jumped the gun on that. Yeah. But we could just call it Mao. I like your logic. Uh, like, are we talking like M- M-O-A or M-A-O? The, this one spells it Mao. So like, yeah, M-A-O. M-A-O. Sorry. Okay. I guess I, I realized after saying it that that was not helpful. <laughs> yeah, this one's, this one spells it like this. <laughs> like what? what? Like this. Like this, you know. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay, so Mao. Yep. There we go. Is there anything we're missing? I think that's it. I think we're good. All right. The only problem 
with going through all of these character creators is that after we go through them, I want to play the game so badly. <laughs> it would be very funny to go through and play as some of these cats. Oh my gosh. You, you know something that would be really funny to do, actually? I have often joked about a game called Apocalypse Party, which is not a real RPG. It's basically you just take a whole bunch of playbooks from different Powered by the Apocalypse games and make people play them together at the same time, no matter how little it makes sense. Oh my god, that would be perfect. <laughs> like, once if... we go through a series of Powered by the Apocalypse games, we just get... <laughs> We get people, we hire volunteers to play as some of the cats. And we, we just run this buck wild game for them. Where everyone is playing not only as uh, character sheets from different games, but as broken characters <laughs> modified to be cats. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> now, we, now we have to do it. You know what? That's going to be a special incentive on our patreon in like five months yeah two years <laughs> two two years down the line yeah get enough get enough patreon backers or whatever and we have to release it <laughs> uh, this is your incentive audience we're, we're at the end of the episode so this is your call to action tell a friend about this show because once we get enough audience members we can justify opening either a kofi or a patreon and <laughs> And once we have that, <laughs> we'll start working our way towards making this buck wild game. Yeah, we we once we get like a certain that's like our first like goal for monthly donations. We get so many monthly donations and then... <laughs> <laughs> So there's your incentive to tell a friend. <laughs> there's your incentive to tell a friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> um don't apologize. That idea is fucking rock solid. <laughs> I know. I just wish I could finish saying it without laughing <laughs> oh so in all seriousness uh i am i'm joel holland i've been one of your co-hosts i am austin Irwin. i have been your other co-host if you would if you would like to find out more about me there is a thing you can do you can type in jholland.start.page and it will take you to my personal like list of links uh it's uh it's like a, a feature in Buffer. If you if, if y'all use Buffer and you don't know about start pages, they're great. They're better than Linktree or what's the other one? Card. You get way more customization. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I so shout out to Buffer start start pages, I guess. But also, but also j go check out mine. It's jholland.start.page. What about you, Austin? Where can people find you? Uh, if you want to find me, uh, you can lurk in the shadows around your local Walmart. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> if you want to find me, you can go to uh, Twitter, Twitch, or TikTok and type in Avalon Alchemist, uh, no space, uh, capital A and another capital A. At the beginning, it, it will probably work if you don't capitalize the letters because uh, usernames are typically yeah. only... They only show the cases you type in, but they don't let someone type in the same name with a lowercase name. That's true. So, Usually. Yeah. Avalon Alchemist, no space uh, on anything, I believe. Yeah. Cool. I have been uploading TikToks here and there. I've been streaming quite regularly, usually about three times a week. 
and nice. Twitter, I you know, I just kind of do whatever on there. <laughs> yeah, I should note, uh, Austin is streaming three times a week at the time we're recording this. It could be more or less by the time this episode comes out. It depends on how it goes. Um, That's I usually life. I usually stream on Wednesdays, so if you're listening to this on release day, there is a chance that I am live right now. Yeah. Or later that evening, because I release the episodes at like 7 a.m., or okay, I try yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, later that evening. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, about the show, I've uh, I've plugged uh, twitter.com slash literalgatpod multiple times, but uh, it also has a start page now, which is, uh, is it Literal Cat Pod or Literal Cat Podcast? I think it's Literal Cat Pod. I think, I'm pretty sure it's just the one. Or, yeah, it's literalcatpod.start.page. Yeah. And it will take you to that start page, which has our, our pilot episode highlighted for some reason instead of the advertisement. I'll, I'll fix that. <laughs> and then uh, our, our Tumblr, where you can ask us anything. It takes you to, to the RSS feed. So if you are a madman who's just listening to this on the website or not through a podcast player in some other way, yeah. It also has a link to all of the character sheets from this and previous episodes and more information about me and Austin. Yeah. You can also just like at the top here, see our email address, click the little email icon, go to literalcatpod at gmail.com and you can make requests of us. By that, I mean, we would love to hear like prompt challenges from our audience for like make a cat who is in the circus or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you you guys come up with it, and we'll make it happen. We will make your dreams come true, as long as they're revolved around creating a cat in an RPG. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you've got a specific game you want to see us play, if you've got someone who you think should instruct us on how to make a character in that game, uh, like seriously, email us that. And yes, again, like this is separate from the Tumblr where you can ask us anything. That's not where you make requests. That's where you uh that's where you send your questions so they can end up on our FAQ page eventually, whenever I get time to make an FAQ. <laughs> As of right now, no questions have been asked of us. I have no idea if that will be true by the time this episode comes out. Fingers yes. crossed someone will have asked us questions by then. Yeah, hopefully people want to know more about us. Uh and if yep. you don't, why not? <laughs> yeah. We're cool guys. <laughs> yeah. If, if if we're not cool, then at least the show we came up with is cool. You gotta admit that, right? Yeah. I think our show is pretty cool. And you know what? That's what matters. I think our show is pretty cool, too. But anyway, I think that's everything we have to talk about for now. Austin, do you have anything you'd like to say to us as we close out today? You know what? They say go out there. You know what? I'm gonna say it. They say it, but I'm gonna say it. Go out there. Chase your dreams and be the meowster of your own reality. <laughs>